All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. We are jumping on with another amazing guest today. We have Katerina Matias joining us. I am so, so, so excited to interview her and get her perspective on things. But first, let me introduce her. Katerina recently transitioned out of the corporate world to become a full-time entrepreneur. As a member of the International Society of Business Leaders in 2019, Katerina was chosen as one of the hotels management's 30 under 30 top rising stars in the hotel industry. Katerina has started two companies, the bike company distributing healthier snacks, which personally I love healthy snacks. I love this idea. This is such a great company. Um, and then Recruit Me, which is a new, hat, a new app that helps makes hiring and the job search a matchmaking experience, which is also a really cool idea. So as a respected voice in the hospitality industry, Katarina exudes all qualities of a polished professional. I cannot wait to bring her on. So let's go ahead and cue that intro and then we'll get started. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Katarina, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. Yes. I'm so excited to talk to you. You're, you're going to have a really interesting take, I feel, because of your experience in hospitality, the corporate world. Um, I've brought in a lot of people on that just go straight into entrepreneurship. So I'm really excited to get your perspective as well. Thank you so much. Excited to share. <laughs> yes. So I would love to dive in and talk a little bit more about why you first got started with a business, right? So if you were pretty much in that corporate world, why did that even cross your mind? Why was that something like, yeah, that's going to be the direction that I want to go in. Right. So with the role that I held, I was constantly traveling. Now I wasn't yes. doing plane traveling, but it would also suit for that as well. I was doing local travel. So I was in my car, in my white Jeep, driving around, you know, it could be the full day, it could be half of the day. And I just wasn't the best meal prepper or just necessarily taking care of my health in general. Yeah. And when I first started, it was right out of college. So as time went on and I was neglecting that side more and more, I realized there's something that I have to do. Uh, you know, yeah. I was doing drive throughs We're getting the venti Starbucks in the morning. We're getting it at night. It just wasn't necessarily healthy. So yeah. finding healthier snacks that were healthier, but not necessarily at the kale level or, you know, crazy healthy was where what was going to work for me for me right and I just started to realize that I couldn't I must not be the only person out there struggling with this there must be other yeah. people who are doing local travel business travel flying whatever the case may be and needing right. those quick easy healthy snacks but the other piece to it was nine times out of ten those healthier snacks are maybe a little bit more um, you know greasy or they may right. be a little messier because they don't have some of those preservatives so really fine-tuning, finding the easy snacks that I could eat while driving, or I could yes. eat and not spill everything on my, you know, my attire for the day, really right. became a passion and then turned into the bike company. Wow. Okay. So how do you take just that idea of, I want healthier snacks and actually make a company out of it? Because my first thought is that was probably a pretty overwhelming idea. Like, how do I even start to create something like this? Like, how would I distribute it? Like if you've never had any experience and maybe you had previous, but how did you even like start to make this thing a reality? So it took two years to make it a reality. I had the, the idea in 2018 
And it really didn't, I mean, it didn't start until the beginning of 2020 prior to COVID, ironically enough. Um, And it was one of those things where it was like, I constantly have ideas. I think a lot of people can say that. Um, To your point, it's then kind of trying to move forward with those ideas, which can be incredibly daunting, right? Right. But at the time I was like, okay, this is a great idea. What do, where, where do I go from here? So I created a logo and then time went on. And I think as time goes on, you start to almost have the ability to pull yourself back and realize how hard could it be? Let me just see, let me just see what's out there. So when I first started it, I didn't incorporate, I didn't do anything official aside from ordering boxes um, with the logo and sending it out to 10 closer family and friends to really get a true sense of, hey, how did the snacks come to you? What did you think? And basically yeah. doing my makeshift business plan in a very small setting and then creating the website, doing everything from there, baby steps. And then three months later, officially incorporated, did everything. And really, I think it's hearing feedback, um, taking that with a grain of salt, and then that will right. give you the motivation to start. So I think if anybody has an idea, do it on a smaller scale. When you start to hear people saying, wow, this is great. Oh my gosh, I would love this. This is amazing. It starts to fuel your fire to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe I do have something on your hands. And if I had gotten terrible feedback, maybe I wouldn't have not started. You know, I I probably could have still started, but I could have maybe gone in a different direction. I could have reevaluated things. So definitely people you trust, but still kind of follow your vision. And that was, that was how I did it. So at least it worked for me. Right. And so were you actually making the snacks or was you were using a company to supply it and you were shipping it out to people? What did that look like? So I didn't make any. There's still always this thing in the back of my mind of maybe one day doing something like that. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was more of the taking the process of finding those healthier snacks, because in my opinion, someone either with allergies or this need to be healthier could spend hours in a grocery store or hours online trying to find yeah testing them right right and that was yeah. me it took me almost two years to find snacks that I enjoyed and that I was grabbing on a regular basis so right. it's cutting down that time having an arsenal of snacks at our disposal in our inventory that now you can pick from and it's labeled that much easier so if you say you're vegan or if you say you have a peanut allergy we already know here's our grouping and the more information we have from you the easier it is for us to make a curated box not to mention that now we've just recently transitioned, I'm sure we'll talk about, but um, we've transitioned into more of like an online market so people can pick their own snacks. So we're constantly trying to evolve and change, um, but finding those snacks and just having them readily available works for me because it's really helping those unknown brands yeah. get known. So it's a really great partnership. Oh, I love that. It's such a cool idea. So I know a lot of people who start a business, right? And they still work in a corporate job. So how were you able to manage your time from wanting to start this company and getting it off the ground uh, while still working and still putting in the hours there? Cause I know that it can be exhausting and energy draining. It absolutely can. The one silver lining was the timing of the company starting. Um, typically for me, our busiest times would be the summertime. So starting in January gave me the ability to know that I had a little bit of more downtime, free time. Um, I also was anticipating that I was going to be transitioning out of the company I was working for. And then things took a very big change. So obviously that did not happen with COVID and whatnot. Um, But knowing the timing of when I could do it really, really helped. And also, you know, COVID was a great, very crazy time, a very sad time. 
but there was a big need for distributing healthier options. People that were fearful of going to a grocery store just couldn't get to a grocery store or just wanted more options. You know, we were taking all health precautions. We were wiping down all snacks. We were being very sanitary, sanitary, very friendly to all health concerns. So it really kind of helped us jumpstart something that maybe would have taken longer to do so. And that just fueled my fire to know, Hey, I have to do this. So I need to make it work. Was it perfect 24 seven? No. Am I the kind of person that was not sleeping enough and not taking (laughs) care of myself enough? Absolutely. Yeah. But the passion of knowing you're doing good and you know, you're being able to do something you really, really want to do continued to help me kind of navigate, not to say that then it became too overwhelming and I did pull back. So mm-hmm. summertime get very overwhelming. I didn't expect it to be, but with the, the role that I had been in and yeah. furloughs and layoffs and whatnot, it was just very, very difficult. So I did pull back, but then once I was able to kind of go back and jump in, I was able to, and that just kind of, it worked for me, but yeah. I guess if you to answer your question, it's one day at a time. And yeah. it's just knowing that, Hey, if this is important to you, then you're going to make time for it and you need to make time for it. Exactly. And so during that moment of kind of pulling back, how did you reset your energy or find the energy to then come back eventually and keep going with it. Because I know a lot of people go through these phases of they're, they're burnt out, right? They've, they've been going really, really hard at something for a a short or a long period of time. And now they just, they stay knocked down for a long, long time. And so how did you kind of get back in what strategies or routines did you use to get you back into the game faster? Yeah, I definitely struggled to get back in. And I want to say the biggest reason was because at the time that I pulled back, we were growing faster than I could keep up with it. And I needed to stop the marketing and I needed to kind of really reevaluate my work-life balance. When I then started to start back up, I just assumed it would be that same demand, right? Hey, we're back. Everybody start ordering again. Everybody start being interested again. And that wasn't there. And I, Mm. I neglected to realize that, you know, I built up a name. And then we kind of fell off face of the earth a little bit. We weren't posting as much on social media. We weren't really out there. People were forgetting about us. So it was almost like starting over again. And that can be really discouraging because what I had at the time was COVID to really fuel that fire and that need. Right. So I didn't have something out there to fuel fire and a need. I had to almost kind of create, you know, that, hey, we're still here. You still need us because of this. I know you're okay to go back to grocery stores, but remember how easy it was to do this and this and this and this and this. So really to your point, it was difficult, but again, and not to sound all like, you know, rainbows and sunshines, it's evaluating, hey, what's important? Do I want to be doing this or do I want to be doing something else? And if this is something that it's a passion, I want to make it happen, then it's making it happen, but possibly kind of shifting into other areas now and meeting the demand and the time you're in of saying, hey, maybe as I'm gearing back up, it's not just going to be to be it like this. Maybe I need to change the business structure and do this or do that mm. or do this and just kind of meet where the market is, meet where the demand is and really know your customer and you know your clientele. So that's what I had to do. Right. So how were you able to accurately find out what the market was demanding, Um, especially and this goes for a lot of these people are are solopreneurs that listen to the podcast and uh, maybe are working on growing their audience. How do you figure out what they need um, when you don't really have that solid of an audience yet? And it's like, well, who do I ask? I don't know anybody. Like, how do I know the market? And so do you have any ways that you were able to gauge? Yes, this is where I need to shift my business. This is where I need to move in uh, based off of that. Stalk your competition. Mm. Huge, huge, huge. 
definitely see what they're up to, what shifts they're making, you know, the people that are maybe even liking their social medias, get to know those people, reach back out to customers that had been ordering. So if you have a business structure that you can connect with your customers, they are the first person to go to while you're stalking your competition, right? Mm. Hey, do you mind letting us know you're not ordering anymore? We miss you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Find out if they're willing to give you advice and feedback. That's great. We had some people say to us, Hey, it's just not in our budget right now. We had some people say to us, Hey, we actually enjoyed finding a lot of your snacks. We now know kind of where to get them. So we've been getting them. So that's one of the reasons why we kind of shift to allowing people just get the snacks from us versus curating snack boxes. Because at first we were curating a box, basically introduce you to snacks that you may not have known about. So kind of a tricky part of our business structure is once you know about those snacks and maybe you only want those, you may just find other ways to get them, which is great. I'm happy to put out into the world that you now have snacks at your disposal. That's fantastic, but hard for us to continue on. So stalk your competition, talk to your customers and really in today's day and age with things like chat GBT out there, you know, Google is a, you know, monster at this point, really. Yes. Google research, listen to podcasts, listen to interviews with people, listen to really everything and anything. I mean, from zoom to LinkedIn to all these platforms, they have all these e-learning courses that you can be listening to and you may not get everything out of one, but you'll see things in the chat or you'll see random questions or comments that will spark another area to look into things or to find out what's going on in the market. You'll hear feedback from people. So it's really from like a research standpoint, diving in and falling down the rabbit hole as much as you can. And then just trying things out. I'm a firm believer, throw a bunch of spaghetti at a wall and just keep seeing what sticks and just don't stop. If it didn't work, just keep going on to the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one. Right. And that I think really is the whole name of the game here, right? Like business is a game that you play. It's not a game that you win. Right. Great. And, and I love that. I love that idea of you've got to just, there's only so much market research that you can do and the best market research is to actually go and put it out in the market and then see if people like it or not. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. And sometimes they may not, but, and it's easy for me to say this as an outsider to someone else, Right. They get discouraged. I get discouraged all the time, but you really have to try not to. And if it didn't work, then that just is telling you what's not working so you can find what is working sooner. Right. Yeah. So it's essentially just removing the the personal side of things. Like this is not personal. We're just moving forward. We're just making moves. And that's how we're going to go. Which is hard to do. Yeah. So as you're kind of moving into that more business structure, like your podcast is all about trying to find others to join your team, even if, you know, if you don't have the budget for it, but having a virtual assistant, which I have, or having, you know, people who can help you on and off here and there helps you remove that emotion tremendously, because if they're the ones asking the questions at times, and then they're filtering it back in one lump sum summary, you're not getting that no, or that we're not interested, or you're not seeing it not work out every single time. It's a numbers game. So at the end of the day, if every time you're seeing that and hearing that you get this one great, that's hard. If you have someone else say to you, hey, I did a lot of research. I reached out a lot of people. 
we got this great response from this one person. Oh my God, that sounds so much better. That's fantastic. So definitely right. incorporate that wherever you can. I love that. That's a great way to, to really start to uh, separate yourself from the business. And that's actually a really big idea that we talk about. The idea of creating an identity for the business that it's its own instead of it being centered around you. Have you had personal experience with creating a business that has its, its own identity? It has its own values that's separate from yourself? Absolutely. That's what I'm currently trying to work on with both companies yeah. is remove myself out of it. And it can right. be difficult with media because we're in a day and age where customers want to know who the founder is. They want to know who's this person behind the curtain. So I've struggled a lot, especially in the beginning. I thought I shouldn't be a face of it. I don't exist. Right. And marketing yeah. companies would tell me, no, 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 no. You need to be, you need to be involved. Occasionally they want to see, you yeah. know, they want to see you with no makeup on in the morning, eating your snack before you go to work. Like they want to get to know you, but there's right. a fine line between how much you want them to get to know you before it turns into a you company and not a company on its own. So I've a yes. thousand percent struggled with it. And I think it's a day by day situation that you just kind of, you know, you want to be there. You want to make sure people know, Hey, this is a trustworthy company. Somebody started it with a passion because a lot of people will want to know the beginnings and you know yeah. why this company is what it is, but some people just want to order from the company. They don't want to know all the behind the scenes. So you really kind of have to tote that line. And that's definitely something that I continue to work on. Yeah. What have you found any things or strategies that you use to toe that line effectively? Uh, because I'm looking at it going, yeah, like I totally see that people wanting to know the founder, but then also you wanting to be removed from it and go, this company is about the product. This is about what we do, how we help people, not just about me. And so have you found effective ways to do that within your marketing? I have and I haven't. And what yeah. I'll say by that is I think it's really listening to who is looking to market. So like if, if we're in talks with a newspaper, which recently a newspaper featured, which is called the women's um, Mercer County women's newspaper had me in it along with the recruit me app. Mm -hmm. And in that conversation, I really struggle with thinking, you know, should this really be a moment for the app? But in this case, it's women of Mercer County, right? So I understand that they want to feature, hey, this is someone who started something. So this works. This time makes sense. Not yeah. always does it. There have been other articles where they've had too much focus on me. And I've even said for a, for a future article, I said, hey, let's keep me really out of it. This is really, I mean, comment me somewhere, but I don't, I shouldn't be the picture. So yeah. it's been through trial and error of knowing where the audience is. And, and what kind of marketing I'm doing um, yeah. as it relates to social media, involving influencers and involving ambassadors and letting additional faces be the face of the company, faces that you mm. trust versus just yourself has helped me too. So, hey, there's still faces. It's a humanized brand, but it's not just my face. So that mm. has definitely helped as well with knowing when to and when not. And again, that's a learning game. I'm never going to be right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not always going to be right, I should say. Right. Um, and then also involving other faces so that people can realize, hey, it's human. Because um, I see a lot of companies, TikTok related, you know, these companies nowadays, they want faces, but it, it can't always be the owner or the founder or the CEO or, you know, whomever is kind of leading the charge. Yeah, such a cool idea. And I didn't even consider the idea of bringing on influencers to be additional faces in your company to help promote it and to go, yeah, we still care about that connection with people, but it's not that I need to be the brand. Yeah. Really cool. Okay. So you have both companies. Um, why 
two companies. Like one company is enough for me. Like I'm like, wow, I'm overwhelmed with this. Like I've got this going. So why, why moving in two directions with those? Cause I'm nuts. Everyone yeah. in hospitality is nuts. No. <laughs> um, it's, it's a really great point. And um, I get, I get asked all the time. And really what it was, was when we were ramping back up at the company that I worked for, um, as everyone knows, it was a time where people were changing industries left and right. Hospitality yes. specifically was affected so tremendously an industry that really everyone assumed was job security to no end um, oh, because yeah. who's not going to be traveling, right? That's always going to be something whether business or vacation related or, you know, for sad circumstances as well. But we were struggling so much to find talent. Um, and we had before, I mean, the summer of 2019 was very scary. I thought it couldn't get worse than that. And then of course it did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So jokes on me. Um, I think I even uttered the word saying it can't be any worse than this. So you, you know, never, you it, never want to say that. Want to say <laughs> yep, did it to myself. But because it was so difficult and I was so frustrated with the options out there to find candidates, nothing against those options. I just think there needs to be millions of options and there have been more and more coming up, right? It can't just be one way to do anything. So out of that frustration grew the app, right? The idea of there has to be an easier way to put this in the palm of someone's hand that they can find a job pretty much instantly, but not just a job, you know, a career, a place that's meant for them. Because right. during that time specifically, and this was at the end of 2021, people were trying out everything and anything. And I don't blame them to do right. so, but let's cut back some of that tryout and let's just already get you to a place that you're going to enjoy. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I love that. Have you found that by focusing on two different companies, it slowed the progress of both or have you been able to maintain both and, and get both moving forward? It has at times, I would yeah. definitely be naive to say that there haven't been moments where the progress of both have been slowed because now you're splitting your time 50 50 and you're not dedicating sole time right. to one company, but they've been able to play off of each other, right? There've been moments yeah. where if I talk to a company about utilizing the bike company for snacks for their employees or for employee appreciation, if a company is focused on employee appreciation, they're likely also focused on hiring the right candidates. So it's a good mm. tie in that sometimes I'm helping them advance at the same time and it's easy to play off of one another. So with cases mm -hmm. like that, and now that they both have gotten to a point where they're very company focused, I would say at this point um, with what we're moving into, it's been very nice to kind of balance the two. And also from a financial standpoint, if at any point one isn't doing as great one month as another, they can kind of carry the other until they're at a point where they're both, you know, hopefully flying on their own and doing fantastic. I love that. And they're, they're founded in such strong ideas of you wanting to solve a problem. And that's, I think that that's the best thing about being an entrepreneur is going, this is a problem. I'm going to take on the responsibility to solve it. And both companies have that solid foundation. And so I love that about what you're doing. Um, I am curious to know about your expertise in hospitality and how you've been bringing this into businesses that are not hospitality based and how that works. So the app has really been my way to start doing that a little bit. Yeah. Um, not to mention that I have some speaking opportunities on the side where I can come into a company and I can speak to them about kind of how they can infiltrate hospitality. I think yeah. hospitality gets seen as hotels, 
restaurants, travel, and that's all that it is. But hospitality is a thought process and a way of being. Mm. It's not customer service. Yes, it's customer service focused, but it's it's being hospitable, right? It's welcoming someone somewhere and making them feel at home, making them feel at ease, making yeah. them feel cared for. And that's something that every industry, every company needs to be doing, not only with their employees, but with their customers. And yeah. that's not always something that's taught. That's not something that you know, you learn quickly, you learn it over time. So if you've been at a company for 10 years and you know the culture and you know your clientele, you're likely going to be better at that hospitable aspect or maybe, maybe you won't. Maybe you're stuck in your ways and it's difficult for you. So bringing that into any industry and reminding them, hey, you need to be caring about your employees. This is how you can be doing that. You also need to be caring about your customers. This is how you can be doing that has been very helpful for some companies. And if they don't want that structure of me coming in to help them, then there's the option of the app because the apps really focus on saying you're hiring a human being to work for your common goal. And it's matching people up based on who they are, what their values are, what their goals are. So again, a really different mindset than just saying, Hey, you've had five years in customer service. You're going to be great for this customer service job. Where in actuality, based on who you are as a person, you may be better suited for this teaching job or for this architect job. And most people won't be able to see that for themselves. They need a little push. So the company's having a little push. The app is helping with a little bit of push. So that's really how we're trying to infiltrate that in with the app and how I'm trying to do so with the companies. Oh, this has been so, so good. I appreciate that answer. So my last question for you today is what are one to three things that people could do to bring hospitality into their business today and go, okay, I want to start focusing on this. How do I bring it in? Whether it's a physical business, an online business, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. I would ask them first, because the first thing they should do is when's the last time they've asked their employees why they love what they do or why they are working there. Um, it could be scary to ask. Some yeah. of the answers may be, I need a paycheck. And you know that when I would ask my employees that it hurt me so much. Yeah. It was like, but what do you mean? Don't you just have this burning passion to wake up every day? How is it possible? And it was realizing that everyone's different and you really have to cater to each personality, each individual and organization. But truthfully, and I did this with my team, did this with everyone and anyone I could get them a frame for their desk that says why they love what they do and their favorite quote. And everybody could say they're not a quote person, but I'm telling you, everyone has a favorite saying from a grandparent, from an aunt, from an uncle, something they heard one day, something they saw on a shirt. Let's keep it PG, of course, but (laughs) get that somewhere in their space. If you have remote employees, ship it to them to their house. Make sure they have something every day that reminds them why they're doing what they're doing, and a quote or something doesn't have to be work-related that they'll love. So it goes hand in hand with my first thing of saying, you know, find out why, but I'm a firm believer in that. You have to know why, know on your team and check in, check in every six months, check in quarterly and say, Hey, we still, we still love what we're doing. Is this still what we want? Yeah. In a second to that, it really is communication. You have to have, you know, not this open door policy that may be daunting people, but if you're a leader who's not interested in, you know, empathizing or knowing what's going on. And it's hard for you to tote that line. Make sure there's someone within the organization that everyone knows they can go to. Yeah. Whether it be HR, whatever the case may be, every employee needs to know if they're struggling, if they're having something going on, they need to talk about something. 
who do they go to? Because I think a lot of times employees get lost amongst themselves. And now specifically with remote work being so popular, they're in their own environment. They have a crying baby. They have a load of laundry. They have all these things going on and they are very isolated. Some people work great with that. Some people don't. You're not seeing your employees. Maybe you are through a screen, but you're not seeing them all the time. So make sure they know who to go to. And lastly, I'm a firm believer that whoever is in charge, you're living in a fishbowl. So if you don't believe in what you're doing, and if you don't have some goofy like Disney aspect passion for it, then no one's going to join the team. And, and, And by join, I don't just mean that they're there, but I mean buy in, be there, want to be there. Now, the goal is not to make your employees be there for the rest of their lives. The goal is for them to be able to go elsewhere and move on and think fondly of their time. But you have to believe it. So if you, I'm getting chills. If you yourself- I, I am too, I'm like, oh my I just, goodness. If you yourself don't believe in it, I mean, you have to find a way. So if, if you're not happy with what you're doing, then start doing something else because people can feel it. They can tell that, they can smell that. Yeah. They know, and then they just don't have an interest as well. So those those would be yeah. a couple of things. I could probably go on forever, but those would be a couple of things I would say. Those are great, and they're very specific. And I'm looking at that thinking through my company going, okay, how do I bring these into mine too? Because I'm going to need to go back and re-listen to this. Everybody, like, re-listen to that whole part because that was just amazing. I appreciate that breakdown so much. Um, it's been amazing having you on the podcast today. Where can people find you if they want to check out any of your companies, if they want to just learn more about you? Um, where can they go? Absolutely. So we're on Instagram. And by we, I mean myself, I have a professional page, Katarina C. Matias. Um, we have the Recruit Me app page on Instagram, of course, Twitter, Facebook, all that great stuff. Same with the bike company. So you'll see our social media pages. And then our websites, of course. So thebikecompany.com, recruitme underscore app.com. From there, you'll be able to download the app. I strongly encourage that if there's anyone out there that even if you're happy in your career today, you can download the app. There's an indicator at the side that will say if you're available, if you're looking, or if you're not available. That way, the the profile is set up at any point. And the minute that you need to be looking for something, you can just change that indicator, and you'll start showing up on company pages again. So definitely recommend kind of checking us out, downloading the app, making a profile, and seeing where it takes you. I love it. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish up for today? No, I just hope that everybody adds a little bit of hospitality into their life. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love it. Thank you again so, so much. Let's go ahead and cue that outro clip. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.